You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. met a sour note <laughs> no yeah. doesn't know what it is nope <laughs> don't doesn't even know they exist say pardon me a what note oh, god when it like goes into ah i love this fucking album so much <laughs> i love this album so much i have the worst fucking taste of music <laughs> <laughs> wait are we all recording you ready all right for this episode we'll be talking about pink floyd dark side of the moon in the room i have rob hello ben <laughs> slosh <laughs> And John. Nobody's out there. <laughs> the Dark Side of the Moon is the eighth studio album by English rock band Pink Floyd, released on the 1st of March, 1973, by Harvest Records. The producer was Pink Floyd, and the genre is progressive rock. And from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Erwine. By condensing the sonic explorations of metal to actual songs and adding a lush, immaculate production to their trippiest instrumental sections, Pink Floyd inadvertently designed their commercial breakthrough with Dark Side of the Moon. The primary revelation of Dark Side of the Moon is what a little focus does for the band. Roger Waters wrote a series of songs about mundane, everyday details which aren't that impressive by themselves, but when given the sonic backdrop of Floyd's slow, atmospheric soundscapes and carefully placed sound effects, they achieve an emotional resonance. But what gives the album true power is the subtle textured music which evolves from ponderous neo-psychedelic art rock to jazz fusion and blues rock before turning back into psychedelia. It's dense with detail, but leisurely paced, creating its own dark, haunting world. Pink Floyd may have better albums than Dark Side of the Moon, but no other record defines them quite as well as this one. All right, what do we think of Dark Side of the Moon? I would like to retract a couple of things I had said earlier about uh, Pink Floyd versus uh, King Crimson's uh, Lark's Tongue and Aspic. Okay. Uh, nerd. Uh-oh. <laughs> no. Uh, this is a fucking masterpiece. Of, <laughs> it's it's one of the most beautifully technical like recordings I've ever heard. Ha, has anybody not heard this all the way through I before have, but for this? It's okay. been, like I had it on record like when I was a, a kid kid and I didn't take care of it and I didn't really yeah. care about Pink Floyd that much. I was like, oh this this is really long whatever. And I <laughs> I, I think I, I, I took I took I at least t- I had two dates at a uh, planetarium for Laser Floyd. Oh yes. <laughs> um but 
Yeah, man. I, I hadn't actually, like, sat down with, like, headphones and listened to it. Like, this shit's insane. Mm. It's so good. It's Agreed. one of my favorite Agreed. records. Absolutely. So good. I was listening. I, I used to listen to this album all the time in high school because I stole it from my mom. Sorry, mom. Because I know she's going to listen to this. <laughs> she's going to be pissed. Anyway, I used to listen to this all the time, and I hadn't listened to it in, I, I don't know, like, 10 years. And I listened to it today at work with my headphones on, and I, like, usually have to get up and pee all the fucking time at work, and this was the only time I was like, no. I, like, sat and listened to the whole thing, because it was just, it is enrobing. It, it like, grabs you, and I, and I was talking to my boss about it, too, and he's like, I never want to skip a song on that album. I only want to listen to it all the way through, and I'm like, yes. It, it really just, like... I don't know. It's magical in a way. No yeah. songs you want to skip was... this record? No, I don't want to skip no, any of them. I don't want to skip no. anything. I don't you want to skip... skip one, Rob? There's one. It better not be fucking money because I will it... fight no. you right Is now. Is it on the run? I, I could go the rest of my life not without hearing money. Um, oh wow! That wasn't the no, one no, was no. Thinking. It's uh, the, the the gig one. Great uh, gig, great gig. Those are a little too much for so Robbie. <laughs> much vocals. Love it. <laughs> no. I love it. Hot take. I love it. Oh, Good. I love Keep going, vocals. honey. Speaking going of, off. Speaking she, of hot she takes, she goes off. Yeah, she do. Speaking of hot takes, that was a hot take. Yeah, they called her up. They wanted something else on the song. Uh, Alan Parsons, who is the engineer on this before his project, he. <laughs> Had heard she was like a studio vocalist that he had heard uh, at Abbey Road recording backup vocals on something, and they called her up to get her in there, and she said no because she had tickets to see Chuck Berry that night, and they said fair, how about Sunday? So she came in, and they couldn't really describe what they wanted. Like we don't want any words, just like just scat, just <laughs> just, just just beep bop 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 just, just get it, you know, just like. Ugh. So no, but yeah, she so she tried to picture herself as an instrument, and she fucking wailed. And she did like three takes, and they spliced them together, like the best parts of each one. And I think it's really cool. She left. Apparently, uh, the members of Pink Floyd are so stoic that she thought that she had failed them all and left embarrassed. But uh, actually, they were blown away. They were overjoyed. <laughs> well, but she didn't even know they were going to use it until she saw that it had been. She saw her name on, on the, the album. Yeah. <laughs> so she got her name on the album, but she didn't get songwriting royalties. Oh. Well, yeah. yet. Right. She had to sue for them in two thousand five. Right. Well, and and I can I see both sides of that. You know, I don't think that you would expect to give a vocalist that you pay for the day to come in and do some background vocals. A songwriting credit. That is a big thing. But then in retrospect, because it was like 2005 when she sued. In retrospect, looking back on it, how big a part of that song her improvised vocals are, she correctly argued that it's an integral part of the song. And they settled outside of court for an undisclosed amount. But every copy that was produced after 2005, she is credited as a co-writer. Which should be quite a bit because uh, 45 million, million copies. copies. Yeah. And uh, it was on the billboard for 15 years. Yes. Wow. 900 weeks. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> like, that's There's insane. a lot of planetarium shows, guys. <laughs> yeah, that's, so, that's not even so the planetarium cool. money. Wait, yeah. that's not even the planetarium? That's not even the planetarium I, money. But, but if you going back to the planetarium money, <laughs> just by, by a show of hands, since this is radio-ish, <laughs> who went to go see Laser Floyd? 
would go again. It's so much fun. Me too. Fun. Yeah. I think it's so much at, fun. At, at the so for they the at-home audience, yeah, that yeah. is, Ben, Solange, <laughs> Three, and Rob Three, have been to the Planetarium Laser Flight. Nice. They, uh, they aren't showing it in the next two months because I checked the schedule because oh, they shit. have some really fire planetarium shows there. Oh, really? But, yeah. Oh, there's one that has the Mortal Kombat theme song. <laughs> <laughs> there's another one that's just English drum and bass like Chemical Brothers, <laughs> Fat Boy Slim, The Prodigy. They are not showing either of those in the next two months. They're showing fucking Elvis and like you two. But what is okay. it about this album that lends itself to lasers? It's because well I've well, seen Laser Wall too. I mean I can I'll it's try a, to describe Go ahead. Uh, Go on. Uh, Dark Side of the Moon is, is, is <laughs> Hello fellow you it's this part of the moon that doesn't get the sun. Uh, Sorry. This album to me like it represented basically when I was younger I had had no concept of music. You listen to music uh, on the radio, you hear songs or whatever. When this came out, or wh- I guess when I was aware of it, it meant that music was a different form than I had initially thought of. And that didn't have to do with drugs yet. <laughs> this is an experiential medium that you can go into and have a complete story without having it explained to you and feel something very emotional throughout uh, each of the songs and have them interlinked and have a cohesive uh, just experience. It's it's such a magical album. I, I don't even understand how... They, they they kind of see it as just another album or just, oh, yeah, that's just part of our gig or whatever. But there is everything flows into there's uh, I'm getting so lost. Each one of those songs, there are snippets from other songs that come packed. Mm-hmm. There's there's repeated themes Motifs. like you like yeah. you would with an opera or like you would with classical music, which makes it so much more uh, have so much more gravity than uh, initially thought with just a two, three-minute pop song. I think what's really interesting, you bring up that it's magical and that there's, like, a journey through it and it's emotionally evocative. And I feel like when I listen to this album, and maybe I'm getting, like, a little, like, woo-woo for everyone, but... This, like, album to me is, I is like, conceptual. It's, like, it's almost like a concept album. And to me, it, like, represents birth, life, death. Like, to me, when I hear this album, that's what it evokes for me is, like, the journey you take in your existence. Because you hear, you hear about, like, you know, if your band starts playing different tunes, I'll see you on the dark side of the moon. Or when you hear, you know, money and you think about, like, what you do, like, all, all the spending that you do. It's just there's all these different... And then in the begin and in the beginning, like in the first song with like the alarm clocks and and you have like the running man like breathing. I, it's just there's so many different motifs that to me represent more than what this album I think tells you casually, if that makes sense. I think that's why it's so it just grabs me. Yeah. Well, you're on to something. It is a concept album. Mm-hmm. Uh, I read Roger Waters' uh, interview with him where he's talking about how. It's a concept album, and the concept is they, they wanted to deal with things that, quote, made people mad. Uh, so in the songs, they, they deal with uh, conflict, uh, greed, the passage of time, death, insanity, uh, anxiety of modern travel. The experience of being in the modern world, like isolation and surrounded by everything, they were just trying to, trying to address that. And I, I think they did a really cool job of just trying to uh, evoke those themes. It's very prescient in a lot of ways, especially yeah. listening to it now in 2020. I don't want to say it like 
22-0. Um, it, it's so prescient because, like, this is, like, 50 years ago, and they're talking about the, uh, like, isolation of modernity, and I feel now, you know, the internet is a thing, and there's no fucking way anybody would have known what that is back then. And like Foresight is always 2020. Yeah. Uh, no! <laughs> 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 but, yeah, like... Pew, pew, pew! <laughs> um, it's, it's so prescient because... Uh, and again, I don't want to get like too like woo woo, but like, you know, in a time where social media makes everything so isolating and, and it's it's so hard to like get that sort of connection with someone, it feels like you're very confined in a lot of ways. That's a good that's a good point too, because I feel like this album also takes its time. It it doesn't mm-hmm. rush through I mean there there are some some more up tempo songs like Money or yeah. Or at the end of, of some of these songs, but it has a very casual experience that that you go through. Mm-hmm. That sort of like laid back and those those pedal the lap steels are so good. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. The harmonies are awesome too. Oh yeah. Pink Floyd in general takes their time. Yeah. Oh yeah. Throughout, the, throughout their career. Glacial speeds. With but their... this doesn't feel labored. They, you know? It's, they keep it feels it yeah, it's cohesive. Tight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, 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 they've got some some tropes that they they enjoy playing in. Um, get into those with, uh, the I guess, what's, what's our next? We have Animals of the Wall coming up. No, we'll have uh, Wish You Were Here. Wish You Were Here? Okay. Yeah. Um, one thing that I learned only this week <laughs> as I was walking around um, listening to this record was... Uh, I thought there was a song called Dark Side of the Moon on this <laughs> since I was like a fucking child. And turns out it's uh, brain damage. Yeah. <laughs> well, because they referenced the, yeah. the, the it's words. Yeah, the line. I'll Dark Side of the I really thought, I, I had no idea that was the name of the song. Oh, oh like, whoo. Um, yeah. yeah, what a. Uh, a lot of uh, Roger Waters uh, mini Moog action going on. Yeah, on this, a lot of this it, record. Huh? Yeah, he's. What do you uh, think about that? I didn't remember as a kid that there was any sort of synthesizers yeah. on this. The, I think the amazing thing too about it is the choice of instrumentation, and then it is sparse in a in a way, like because mm-hmm. there is only you know maybe two guitars, bass, drums for a lot of it, and then there's flourishes of vocals like a choral of, of There's vocals through the whole thing mm-hmm. or, yeah organ, yeah but know. it's how they fill it out but in they the, uh, fill, stereo space is. yeah they fill it out in that that space quadraphonic so space well, and i was think it quadraphonic and do they run uh, on there was at least a uh, it, it was it was recorded for quadraphonic really? capabilities mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. and do they do some of the uh organ on leslie speakers the rotating ones oh yeah yeah, yeah. so i mean that kind of and that, vocals yeah and yeah. everything yeah, yeah. it's yeah. all sort of that round Shit's running through moving sound all over the place. Yeah, so they did a quadraphonic at shows, which blew me away. I was like, oh, can that come back? Can someone please do that? I mean, I, I think the Flaming Lips were the last band I heard to try and do like a like a soundscape. Zyrica? Yeah, no, no. They, they did like live stuff where they had speakers on the sides and the back. Oh, cool. And so they and they have these uh, little knobs. Like, you can go and look at a... It's like a joystick. Yeah, it's like a joystick yeah. on Pink Floyd, and you could push, you could play instruments and move it around the oh, the so audience. Cool. Mm-hmm. So the audience would be sitting there, and, and during, um, what's the running one that I'm not thinking of? On, on the, the run, run? Yeah, they would they would pan it around the audience and things. They would have those speakers in the back. Blue, I mean, that would blow my mind. Man, I was listening to On the Run 
on headphones, which I don't think I, I'm sure I had before, but maybe I was listening to it a little bit louder than usual. It was giving me like the like ASMR stuff. Oh yeah, well, oh, yeah. Like, all like the Doppler effect. Well, like that just synth cycle is just like the heartbeat is like that for me at the beginning and the end of the album. The yeah. heartbeat's like that. It's very much like, is that me? Is that me doing that? <laughs> I mean, yes, but not right this second. can't quite figure out what's happening like it seems like it's a pickup by the drums but it's not like it, it it's like uh if you were to if you were to do a sample wrong for a loop and you have like a, a little click at the end like but it just it, it well, picks up like it's not a hi-hat so it's, it's a noise noise filter or so fucking yeah, weird. It's, it's all synth yeah well there, there's there, is on, there on no the drums run, on that no that hi-hat is is still synth Okay, so then the, the, it's a non-purpose then. All right, never mind. Yeah, we're listening to a Great Gig in the Sky. Those vocals, I heard like, her. Uh, I was like, anguish. "Go off, honey." Yeah, she's I mean, getting it. If you, if you listen to, it, I mean, it's 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 intense. You could see how she would feel, you know, almost embarrassed or whatever because it is. I'm embarrassed. So, for her. <laughs> right, but it's but I if you take it in context and you're awesome. like, yeah, it's the chapter of this concept album that's about death, mm-hmm. and you know, so she just. Just like, just like uh, MAGA Brain, she's just getting it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a good parallel. It's very much like that MAGA Brain. Yeah, just like shredding vocals. <laughs> Non-lexical. So uh, non-lexical. That's the word. Yeah. Just yeah. Uh, this past month, uh, leading up to to the new year, our uh, our local community radio station uh, WFPK was doing a a listener uh, listener poll. Mm-hmm. Of the 500 greatest albums of all time, okay. according to the listeners, and the whole week, like leading up to uh, leading up to the holidays, they were counting down and they were playing three tracks from each album. It was a cool week to listen to the radio. Dark Side of the Moon, listener voted number one album of all times wow. for Louisville community radio listeners. Oh. Huh. This is the best-selling album to never reach number one in the UK. Really? Never. Did, how about US? Well, yeah, it reached yeah. one in the US and... Was and then on just the, lived there. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> or somewhere, it lived somewhere on the charts for 15 years. What else was coming out UK-wise that would have, like, cock-blocked it? Yeah, that I don't know. That's a good question. That like, is a good what, question. Well, what it is it? 20... Yeah. Herman's Hermits? Uh, it's a year. <laughs> we can Google it. We can find out. Stop. Do you know what they did with some of the major amounts of money that came from this album? I would love houses and high-end cars. Well, yes. Uh, drug habits, but and probably some of that too. But no. I think they were not they were not as druggy as people give. I as people know. Give they they <laughs> learned from a uh, little bit. <laughs> the mistakes of the old singer. 
But they spent not all the profits, because there are way too much, but they spent some of the profits on financing Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Of course. Oh, fuck yeah. Because they, they were, love Monty Python. I heard that the, the, their producer was griping that they would have to take breaks in the studio when Flying Circus was on. Everyone was like, like, boop, boop, boop. Oh, all right, pause that. Well, we'll reconvene in, in 30 minutes. Monty Python's Flying Circus is on. And they would all just like go sit on the couch and, and watch it. Eat their beans on toast and watch it. <laughs> yeah. So to answer your question, what was going on, a shitload of Slade. Everyone loved them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Susie Quattro, 10cc with mm-hmm. Rubber Bullets, which is a really good song. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Oh, I'm the leader of the gang I am by Gla- Gary Glitter, which also he charts again he later. He won't be in this book, alas. No. Um, David Cassidy, and uh, you had Elton John, Alice oh, Cooper Bo- come out. Bowie. And, yeah, David Bowie, Aladdin mm-hmm. Sane. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff going on, which I wouldn't be surprised that that would chart over like this album. Yeah, this seems like a, I don't know, say like Dark Horse, but it seems like a more Well, there's no real singles. Yeah, there's not a, Money Was the Single. Yeah, the, the dark, one in seven. Horse of the Moon. <laughs> yeah. Seven, hey, seven, eight. Hey, hello, everybody. Here's a song in seven, eight. It's our single. <laughs> <laughs> it's about how money's annoying. We made the drums out of money. <laughs> Enjoy. Yeah. I, I didn't realize, too, when I was doing research that he, I mean, he re- I knew that he just recorded those different things, dropping coins into a clay pot and all those things. But I didn't think about, he was like, I just cut up seven different pieces of tape with those things and taped them all together. Seven different pieces just yeah. makes seven. Yeah. It's like. Just Obviously, a, a that's how you would do sound it. Effects. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he just was like, "Oh, I just made them equal size, and that's how you get the the loop." I was like, "Okay, that's one way to do it. That is how to do it." Yeah. Fun fact: <laughs> that is the way they did it. Well, but that's—I mean, like we we lose that now—the physical element of recorded sound, right? Like, yeah, or manipulating or actual tape. Yeah, like actual physical cuts. I'm currently yeah. using a sampler from 1992. <laughs> I'm in that shit. Oh, does it have like real like? That tape or whatever? Or? It's fucking dumb. <laughs> it's floppy. <laughs> I see nothing but the waveforms. I have to chop in certain spots. I have to back it back up to floppy. I know. <laughs> so you like the model. I am exactly like Pink Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Nice. Robert Waters. I look forward to this next album. <laughs> it's all cat sounds. Okay. I Sign me up. Yeah. Seven I'm going to pre-order that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know that the, uh, the the TikTok on time is uh, just Roger Waters playing muted bass, bass strings? No, I was not aware of that. Yeah. Hmm, makes sense. It's I cool. always thought it was a metronome. Right? Yeah. And then uh, apparently all of the recorded like uh, grandfather clocks and stuff is something that Alan Parsons just had because he was experimenting with recording quadraphonic sound previous to this. He was he took like some quadraphonic sound recording equipment into an antique store, and he was just recording different clocks. So he's a for, clock pervert. He's a clock mm-hmm. perv. Okay, just for shits and giggles. That was his project because that's you know what what sound nerds do on a Saturday yeah. afternoon, and so then Pete Floyd is working with time, and they're talking about like using like they were using samples of interviews they were doing like different things, and Parsons is like. I've got all these quadraphonic recordings of clocks. You want to use those on time? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I did find it interesting, too, all the uh, interviews. I didn't know that was the crew and uh, The door guy di- at Abbey Road? People. Yeah, there was he's, like, he's the most quotable one. Just well, the general shock, shock, shock. 
he's he's a, uh, he's an Irish door guy, and I I don't have the quote verbatim in front of me, but he's like, "Of course I'm not afraid of dying. Everyone's gonna die. Why are you gonna be afraid of it?" Blah 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 blah. Yeah. It's like, I just found that so interesting because I always I had always assumed that they had people brought people into the studio or to record or did like recorded them live on the street or something like that. I just had no idea. It was just the the people there in Abbey Abbey Road or their roadies or you know just Roger different Waters people they knew had interview flashcards. He had questions written on flashcards, and you'd get someone in front of a microphone and hold. And the first first ones would be like simple like what's your favorite color. Uh, and and then it would be in like like what do you think of death? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. When was the last time you were violent or something? When, yeah, yeah, that was one of them. Yeah, and yeah. I think that's where you get the short, sharp shock one from. I think it's from a roadie being like, "Oh, this guy was giving me shit on the road," <laughs> and so you just give him a short, sharp shock, <laughs> and then they don't fuck with you anymore. <laughs> was there roadie Billy Joe Shaver? Yep. <laughs> and by short, sharp shock, I mean shoot him in the head. <laughs> Uh, it is weird to have <clears throat> money is the first of side two, and I think even though it's the sta- kind of like a standout or the single, I do feel like it is the most out of place song on it the really, album. It really does. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, side two track one is a good place for oh, it. Oh, it's a yeah. beautiful yeah. place for it because you've already done the Greg. Uh, great gig in the sky. Great gig in great, the sky. Great gig in the sky. <laughs> and so you've already come, you have this emotional come down, and yeah. now back to business money. Roger right. Waters, uh, he was talking about how at this point he's like twenty eight, twenty nine, and he thought he was a socialist, but then he kept on realizing he was just desiring material things, he, like he he was coveting like fancy cars and like slick shit, and he just decided like like full on. Lean into the capitalism. Let's get greedy. And that's where money came out of, for better or for worse. (laughs) (laughs) Did it. (laughs) You guys want to talk planet science? I would love to. Sure. Do you guys know what the dark side of the moon is and why it is? I said it earlier. It's the side of the moon that's not hit by the sun. It's the side of the moon that's covered in spiders, is Is what I heard. That its rotation is synced up with its orbit. So the back, the be- so one side of it is like spinning at the same time that it's rotating. So we are always seeing the same side of it. Yes and no. Uh, it basically, the tidal forces between the Earth and the Moon have slowed the Moon's rotation to the point that it's in tidal lock. Mm. So a tidal lock means that even though the Earth is moving and rotating, the Moon never changes the face that faces the Earth, except for a slight amount of wobble. Yeah. So we see maybe. 18% of the backside, depending on how the Earth moves in, in distance from the moon. Earth moves in distance from the moon, but you never really see the full back of it. So the moon could have a real weird butt and we don't know Well, apparently about the that Chinese landed something on that butt. Chinese uh, landed on the moon butt? Chinese landed not persons on the moon is butt, it a but they landed thick on... a or a smart thick? The back of the moon is dummy thick. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank but it's been pounded by asteroids. <laughs> that, that, that sounds right. <laughs> it's not getting, like... Asteroids aren't coming from the Earth side. Right, exactly. So Not, they have yet. 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 Not yet. Not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Have you seen Moon? <laughs> but it's it's used uh, poetically and psychologically to sort of talk about uh, the part that you don't see, the unknown insanity, the part that's not, you know, in sunlight. Where Sid Barrett lives. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, essentially the side of your brain that we consider insane. Right, the part that you can't touch. I mean, like, yeah. going dark 
is really sort of related to that side of space travel because in before radio technology was really good, when astronauts would cross onto that side of the moon, radio's communication couldn't reach them. Yeah. Mm. Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you also know that because the moon's orbit is locked, it's slowly moving away from us, and wow. someday no, our moon it won't be there. I know. So are you saying I that know. every day the moon's just a little bit smaller? It's a little bit farther away. That's smaller. smaller. love us and them like the yes. saxophone yes. God damn yeah. it. that saxophone yeah. at the beginning oh more could, saxophone and rock music curl up in more. the warmth Always. of the saxophone who's, do we know comes. who's playing sax his name is dick perry and he's also a <laughs> guy that does the sax solo on money oh yeah, yeah. he's yeah. fucking great he's yeah. amazing yeah sounds like so natural especially countering like the different like stretching out the uh, the sort of like chorus of the guitar it's so good also i realized today i was trying to think about all the echoes and stuff and on this he does they do two on the right when they repeat the us 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 mm-hmm. so it, it, he says it and then does two on the left us us and then two on the right us, us. so it, it like pans but it, it does two on one side and the two on the other side there's so many little tricks and quirks about this album that you just like pick up on yeah up every has a little bling yeah with the uh keyboard oh yeah. that yeah. Is nice. but not with the down oh no 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 nothing just, just you, on the up do you know why any color you like is called any color you like i is learned today Henry today Ford? i learned yeah yeah so any color you like is uh it's an instrumental and it's Basically, the second reprise of Breathe, because Breathe is reprised once already in the coda of time. Yeah. And then it's reprised again as any color you like. It's almost the same song, but funkier. Mm. But yeah, it's it's a reference to uh, to Henry Ford. Uh, uh, you can have it in any color you like as long as it's black. So the concept is offering a choice when there is no choice. Yeah. Uh, just like the, the lack of choice... According to Roger Waters, the, like the the modern human and modern existence. Yeah. yeah choose whatever you want as long as it's what this. Yeah, it's such, a, it's such yeah. a beautiful album for the sentiments that it's expressing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you're trapped in life, and things are always oppressing you, and money is the only thing that's really going to make things move around, and it's either you or them, and then you die. <laughs> and you're going to be crazy by the end of it all. But it's, it's gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. all gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. I have one like very small like if, if I could criticize anything about this album, which is very very hard. Let is me it tell like you. the bike horn of pet sounds for you? Uh, no, no, that that gets me a little bit, <laughs> a little bit more. But on any color you like, about two minutes in, it seems like the guitar, 
the sort of like solo seems to just kind of like come back and not really move in any new direction. It just kind of repeats itself and it is not doesn't quite transition. Luckily, it's kind of saved by uh, like a Moog coming in and, and just kind of overlapping the guitar. But for like this 10 to 20 seconds, the guitar does seem to be a bit like stilted in the solo, which is on Gilmore so, like. Yeah, exactly. That's why I I find it fascinating that that they do that. And at first I was like, well, maybe he's trying to sort of um, project this sort of like insanity of like doing doing these guitar riffs same and same and same, you know, again and again in the same key or something. But I think he just he just like loses a little steam there or something. It's the only thing I can think of. An entire <laughs> album is like 20 that is pretty seconds. Nitpicky. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, I have to, uh, you know, we, we dig pretty deep in, in these. So it was like one thing that I was like, I could point to that. That was like. How about that cool double neck uh, Fender Duo 1000 <laughs> double neck steel guitar? <laughs> I love it. It's really cool. <laughs> I love all the stuff they put on this. I don't even know what to say. What so- can you say? What do you get from the double neck? Is it just more options on the lap? I mean, because it's a lap. You play it on your lap? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that one of them is standard. I don't know. Is the other one just a different tuning or maybe a 12? Is there a 12 or an alternate tuning? Yeah. I can't remember which one that is. All right. I think we're going to wrap this up because this <laughs> album is... We're just listening to the album yeah. at this point. It's difficult. It's really about, difficult. I know. To, it really so is. So I'm just like... like I've gotten kind of quiet, which is so hard for me in general. <laughs> but it's just like, it's because um, I'm like really enjoying it. I will Dark side. <laughs> it's, a, it's the very first one. It is the first one on, yeah. on this poster. So we have the poster and Dark Side is number one. It's yep. right there. As it should be. Hot Scratch, oh. Scratch According it to off. the people of Louisville. I know. Go really to Scratch is. it once we're done with this. Thing yeah. <laughs> Iconic so, cover design by Storm Thorgerson. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, Love yeah. that. Very cool. From uh, Hip... Hypnotic. Hypnosis. Hypnosis. That's yeah. it. Yeah. I, I heard that they went to hypnosis first. And hypnosis had done two of their other ones. They had done Adam Hart Mutter. No, no, they do, they do them all, like, do all those. Uh, hypnosis is, like, the group. The guild. Is the guild, <laughs> yes. And who, who Storm is, Thorgerson. Is in, is underneath hypnosis. Okay. Mm. So. I, I must have, I think I'm. I yeah. misinterpreted. It is it is hard to like because I know that the the two albums that Hypnosis had done uh, with them previously had kind of mixed reviews. So Hypnosis, as a conglomerate, yeah. was trying to go for something more commercial, maybe something that has the band name on it uh, for this one. Uh, but since Storm Thogerson was under direct employee of the band, he did not need to adhere to the direction of his company. Yeah. And the band just wanted something more, still more esoteric. Yeah, the amazing yeah. thing, too, is they were like, they gave them a couple options, and they all just, like, pointed to, like, the same one. They're like, that one. And they're like, yeah. do you want to think about this? Or And, and everybody, they're like, no, it's no, that when, one, when you, obviously. When you, when you see the classic cover of Dark Side of the Moon, you know that that's, that's the one you needs to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't miss it, but if for some reason you did, it's just a, a beam of light being split by a prism in a yeah. black field. Yeah. Uh, the rainbow, pyramid. I think, is... Yeah, pyramid, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Which is so cool for, like, this just this album, because it, again, like, like, we've talked about how the album... The album's very existential in a lot of ways, and when you think about, like, the beam of light creating something beautiful, kind of the 
the overall metaphor for the album of like the creation of something beautiful that could easily be extinguished like like a ray of light through a prism yeah just like that it's Madonna v- song it's mm-hmm. very it's same same yeah That's it's very graphical about. and like it's about enjoying this album <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I also wanted to mention, like, Eclipse, well, brain damage into Eclipse, and Eclipse is, like, one of the greatest, like, finale go-off on, like, a high point of oh, yeah. an album. Coda. It just feels like... It's celebratory, almost. Uh, they got codas on yeah. codas on this thing. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, I mentioned this earlier, but, like, my favorite line from the album is, like, he, like, says, like, if your head explodes... Like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, my personal favorite is if the band you're in starts playing different tunes, which, like, I'm not, like, I'm not musical, but I think that's such a great, like, analogy for a lot of different well, things. It's a, dr- it's a direct real. reference yeah. to Sid Barrett, who... Yeah. Not a big Pink Floyd fan, y'all. Oh, okay, so... so that's He's... why I wouldn't know that. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure had had latent mental disorders that were catalyzed by his hallucinogenic oh, yes. drug abuse. Oh, yes. But it, before he was kicked out of the band, he they would play shows and he would just start playing a different song. Yikes. So they parted ways amicably. Everyone in the song and the band felt fondly of him and they referred to him a lot. You know, like they were childhood friends. Yeah. And so even the song wish you were here, that's, Mm -hmm. that's also about Sid because on you crazy diamond. Yeah. 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 And he, and they're like, we wish you were like with us because like you're not. I mean, they also produce his, his solo record. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Know, like, I just think it's a, cl- shit. I mean, outside of like the reference to Sid Barrett, I, it's always a line that has stuck with me in a lot of yeah. ways, like to symbolize like change and what, what you can do with a situation that maybe isn't ideal for you. Yeah. Tell we, yourself. Yeah. That's what they're saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk too about a, a lot of the lyrics Seriously. on this, even the music. I'm sorry. No, but, is it, is it the whole dark side yeah. of the mood? The like the uh, death is isn't that the metaphor for death? So death is one of the concepts. If, if, it's, it's one of the concepts. Or or insanity. Yeah. If the yeah. band you're in starts playing different tunes, fucking kill yourself. No, no. If the band <laughs> you're in starts playing different tunes, you are on the dark side of the moon, right. which is the untouchable no, part No, it's because I already grave. killed myself, dude. And Roger Waters is saying I that heard every word you guys said. He's saying, and hey, this song I'll be there too. We'll all suicide. be there. Yeah. We're all going crazy. We're all yeah. killing ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Right now. Uh, uh, but I was going to say... <laughs> what's, the, oh. just death what's, pack? The, what's the pecan pie cult? Uh, Come pie? No, the pecan <laughs> pie. The, uh, the Haley's Comet people. What are they? Heaven's oh, Gate. Heaven's Gate. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Yes, Wait, I'll why see you on the dark side of the moon. Oh. Hail Bop, motherfucker. Hail Bop, that's what it is. Pecan pie? Yeah, they ate a bunch. All of them ate one. They all had the same dessert before they killed themselves. And, and those pe- how did they ag- shoes. I can't get yes. people to agree on a pizza. And that whole cult wanted the same pie? They're in a cult. I thought you were. <laughs> oh, fair. I thought yeah. you were saying that they were they selling pecan pies. Too. <laughs> no, no. That's the thing that I take from their whole story is that they all had pecan pie at the same time. I they had the, fucking cool kicks and no genitals. Remember the, the the TV interview with that dude, like Johnny Applewhite or whatever? He like never blinked. No. Yeah. All right, we but there you go. We'll see. We just sent him into a looks like a Ferengi because that's what happens. You ever noticed that he looks like a Ferengi? Yeah. Looked. Looked like for <laughs> Hey, Birch, what do you think about this album? Uh, I was going to say one more thing. Uh, the lyrics of the album are... Marshall Applewhite. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
We don't have to go around. Everybody thinks this we is all a masterpiece. Yeah. 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 yeah, you should listen to this before you go to the dark side of the moon. albums can't be wrong. I was going to say, where would this be if we were like, you know, if we were to pick an arbitrary number? We have 1,001. How high would this be? I would say maybe top 10. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's possible. It's close. Top 25 Top 25, yeah. 20, yeah. Yeah, maybe there. I can't, I can't say definitively because I've looked at some of the other albums and I love some of the other albums a lot. But yeah. this is definitely top top 15. I would even, maybe even top 10. It's it's up there. Yeah. It's high. Yeah, absolutely. All right, next time we'll be talking about Stevie Wonder, Inner Visions. All right, thanks, y'all. <laughs> Everyone you fight yeah.